Good morning. We're moving along in our summer series, asking ourselves that continued question, what if Jesus had a bumper sticker, what would He put on it? How would He sum up His message to us in just a few words, something that would use say so little and yet mean so much? Two weeks ago, we remembered that God came among us in Jesus and said, I love you, I love you, I love you, and I'm going to keep saying it until it sticks, right? And we want to be the church that keeps saying it until it sticks. Last week, we heard Jesus' cry to be a church in service to the world, and we reminded ourselves that it's never just about us. Tonight we continue along, or this morning we continue along, and you can tell where I'm used to doing. The, we continue along in this series, and we turn our hearts to uh, Mark's Gospel, the first chapter, beginning with that 14th verse. Hear God's Word for you this morning. After John was put in prison, Jesus went into Galilee proclaiming the good news of God. The time has come, He said. The kingdom of God is near. Repent and believe the good news. As Jesus walked beside the Sea of Galilee, He saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come, follow Me, Jesus said, and I will make you fishers of men. At once they let their nets down and they followed Him. When they had gone a little farther, he saw James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John in the boat, preparing their nets. Without delay, he called them. And they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired men and followed him. Friends, will you pray with me? Gracious God, we simply ask that in the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts will be measured and found acceptable in thy sight. O Lord, our Rock and our Redeemer. Amen. Well, it was 13 years ago to the day. 13 years ago to the day when a single word changed my life forever. (laughs) July 26th. To, to 1996. <laughs> this is supposed to be so dramatic and I've blown it. That's right. July 26, 1996. I stood alone at the intersection of an aisle of folded chairs. There were five in tuxedos behind me. There were five in black dresses beside me. There was one in a white robe standing next to me. As the music swelled, it felt like there were 5,000 people sitting to the left of me and 5,000 people to the right of me. And that's when I realized that my collar was getting tighter. (laughs) That my stomach was getting queasier. That my eyes We're getting moister. I wanted to run. (laughs) I wanted to hide. I wanted to shout. I wanted to die. (laughs) Until one Miss Bridget O'Connor from Madison, Wisconsin brushed past me 
took hold of my hand, looked me straight in the eye and said the one word I needed to hear. Baby, we were really good looking back then. What happened, huh? (laughs) What was that one word that she said to me? She said yes. For better, for worse, she said yes. If there was more sickness than health, she said yes. If we only have two nickels to ever rub together, she said yes. If the day comes and she has to hold my hand and continually say, no baby, remember, it's me, she said yes. Did she have any idea what she was saying yes to? No way. Had she known, will she still have said it? Probably not. But she said yes. And that yes has made me. And that yes has made all the difference in the world. But I can tell you, as a parent of a three-year-old, kids seem to master the art of saying no long before they ever get good at saying yes. No, I don't want to. No, I don't have to. Any of the parents know this story? No, I'm not going to. No, 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 no. And it's not that there isn't room in this world for no. I spent four years as a youth pastor trying to help teenagers figure out the things in this world that were worth saying no to. No to drugs. And no to alcohol. And no to promiscuity. But it didn't take me long as their youth pastor to realize that it wasn't until I helped them figure out that in saying no to those things, they were saying yes to a whole lot more important things. Because you see, the high that comes from a life of mission and service will beat the high of any drug or alcohol you can ever find. And the high that comes from the yes of saying yes to your self-worth and the yes to your self-dignity and yes to the image out of which God has formed you, if you can say yes to that, it makes saying no to relationships that don't bring out the best in you and don't have your best interest in mind a simple no-brainer. Yes, there is room to say no. But it's the yeses that seem to make the most difference. See, Jesus walked the landscape of His world looking for yeses. And no matter where He found Himself, and no matter who He found Himself with, He always put the question out there. Are you looking for something more? Are you looking to make a difference? Do you want to see sick people get healed? Do you want to see dead people get raised? Do you want to see water get walked on? Do you want to see hungry people get fed? Well, then all you have to do is follow Me. All you have to do is say yes. See, today's Scripture paints the perfect picture. Jesus was walking through the shoreline of the local fishing market. And he came upon two brothers. 
Simon and Andrew. And Simon and Andrew were doing what fishermen do. They were fishing. They were minding their own business, expecting today to be a lot like yesterday and probably a lot like they expected it would be tomorrow. And that's when Jesus walked straight up to them and said, Hey, you want to fish for something bigger? You want to fish for something better? If you do, then say yes. Come along and follow Me. And you know what the Scripture says? It says they did. It says they dropped their nets right there. They dropped their nets and they began to follow Him. And that yes, uttered some 2,000 years ago, changed the course of human history forever. In fact, if you think about it, you and I are probably sitting here today because those two fishermen said yes. There's two things about today's Scripture that I think are important to point out. The first, Jesus started His ministry among fishermen. He didn't run to the seminary. He didn't run to the university. He didn't run to the halls of power or hang around the Hollywood types. No, when Jesus wanted to start His ministry, He went to the fishermen. He went to the everyday working people and said, hey, come and follow Me. If Jesus were to come among us today, where would He start that ministry? Among the fishermen of today. Among the line workers. And the truck drivers. And the firemen. And those who work at credit unions. And those who drive bus. He would find the fishermen of this day and He would say, hey, come, follow Me. Say yes to God's call on your life. The second thing to notice about today's Scripture is that Jesus didn't wait for the people to come to Him. He went out and found them. He didn't sit around saying, hey, when they want to find Me, they know where to find Me. They know my office hours. 10 o'clock on Sundays down at Redford Aldersgate. That's where I'll be. If they're looking for me, they, they know how to find me. No, Jesus didn't say that. He went out looking, searching, reaching, inviting people to say yes to God's work in the world. You know, the scholars tell us that a first century rabbi would never walk around inviting people to be their disciples. It was considered bad taste. If you were a respectable teacher, you simply would draw a crowd to you by the way you could impress people. Your reputation would be the thing that brought disciples to you. So, I don't know about you, but I find it interesting to find Jesus, this first century rabbi, doing just the opposite. Breaking with tradition. Risking ridicule and misunderstanding. Casting aside the mantra of the religious establishment. That is not the way we do things. 
in order to search, in order to find, in order to grab, to pull, to invite people into what God was doing in this world. Jesus invited them to say yes. To say yes. So, as we begin our time together here, I want you to know that I understand my job as your pastor is to give you every opportunity to say yes. Every opportunity to say yes to God's call on your life and every opportunity to say yes to the things that Jesus is calling us to do. I want you to know that I am a permission-giving pastor. We can do it. My job is to say yes more than I say no. My job is to say yes to the ideas God has placed on you. My job is to say yes to the passion that God has put in you. My job is to say yes to your vision and your ideas and your hopes and your dreams for what this church can be and what this community around it should look like. I am a permission-giving pastor. And let me tell you, that sure beats the alternative. Sadly, many churches have fallen into the trap of just the opposite. Imagine a new person joins a congregation and they see a ministry need. They see an area where they might be able to help out where something currently isn't happening. And they step up and say, hey, I'd like to do this. Sadly, at too many churches today, they don't hear, sure, let's figure out how to do it. Sure, let's give it a try. No, what do they hear? That's not the way we do things here. Oh, we tried that once. Here's the one. That's going to need to go to committee. (laughs) Where all good ideas go to die. How about this one? Who's going to pay for it? (laughs) How about this one? Have you asked the lawyers yet? (laughs) What happens to an idea when it has to jump through all of those hoops? The more important question is what happens to that person? You see, a church that embraces the power of yes will find out ways to keep its building open and to use its grounds. A church that has been empowered by the power of yes will find ways to find more money to invest in the work of God in the world when they see it happening. And churches that embrace the power of yes become fertile ground. Fertile ground to new ministries and new ways of doing things and new ideas ultimately so we can become fertile ground for new people to experience the love of God made known in Jesus Christ our Lord. All right. I know somebody's thinking it. Pastor, where are all these people going to come from for all your yeses? And where's all the money going to come from for all those yeses? Well, let me tell you what I believe. 
if it's a good idea, the people will come. And if it's a God idea, the money will come. Do I believe that? I don't just believe it. I've seen it. Because you see, I had every reason to say no. I should have said no. We'd never done it this way before. It hadn't gone through committee. The calendar and the schedule for the year was already set. The logistics were impossible. The idea was incredible, bordering on the absurd. But when a group of high school students came to me and said, we want to collect a single penny for every person on the continent of Africa infected with HIV AIDS, we want to collect 23 million pennies. Their permission-giving youth pastor, against his better judgment, said yes. And the pennies came. And they came. And they came. And three years later, this group of high school students had collected nearly a quarter of a million dollars through spare change. And with that spare change, with that yes, they have put students into medical school in Zimbabwe. These young people are feeding orphans with those pennies and giving hope to those who have no hope. Those pennies are putting women with AIDS to work in the world. Everything about the project said we should have said no. But we said yes. Because what did we know? Friends, we sit at the beginning of this exciting time together. And I want to invite you to say yes. Because I want you to know that I'm saying yes to you. I say yes to this moment in our history together. Bridget and I have dove deep into the deep end of your pool. Heads first, having no idea what God has in store for us, but trusting that together we can do things we could never imagine possible if we simply say yes to this moment. And who couldn't say yes to that? So friends, let's practice. To the world around us, to those who don't have a home yet, a church home to call their own, we say yes. To those who are hungry and wondering where their next meal comes from, or homeless and not knowing where they're going to stay, we say yes. To those who are suffering from addiction or depression or loneliness, we say yes. To the teenagers in our community who are searching for a life deep and full of meaning, we say yes. To the children who want us to know God's love, we say yes. To the promise that one day every sword will be made into plowshares and nations will learn war no more, we say Yes to that promise that one day every tear will be wiped away and death will be swallowed up in victory. We say yes. Friends, 
Jesus stands on the shoreline of our lives and says, put down your net. Would you come? Would you come and follow me? And when everything in us says, no, 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 I want to see it in your eyes that say, yes, yes, yes. Will you pray with me? Gracious God, You do stand at the edge of our lives and You knock. You invite us to come along and follow. God, some of us have been through tough times and hard times and we wonder if You can still use us. And we want You to know that we believe You can and You will. God, others of us are sitting wondering what You would do with us for there's nothing special about us. Our resumes aren't impressive. And yet, we remember that You began with fishermen and so You will begin with us. God, use us. Call us. Summon us to something bigger, something better, something more than we could ever imagine. And let it begin today with that simple word, yes. Amen.